Kyle Talks is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you want to keep up to date with all my ratings, you can also check out my Letterboxd link in the description. Now, without further ado, here's the review. I just saw the new Studio Ghibli movie, The Boy and the Heron. This is the first movie directed by Hayao Miyazaki since his supposed retirement in 2013 after The Wind Rises. And people have been dying for a new Studio Ghibli movie, myself included, directed by this iconic director. Um, Now, Studio Ghibli has such a high standard in terms of animation and art design and storytelling. And hell, even the dubs are seen as phenomenal. And the quality, I feel, while still there, has not exactly been the same since Hayao Miyazaki left. So I was especially excited for this one. And while I like this movie, I did feel like this story wasn't as concisive as I would have liked. The story, I feel, is interesting. I found the world engaging, but I feel like they get to the really interesting parts a little bit too late. And I feel like... Well, I don't necessarily think the movie's confusing. I think it all got jumbled up a little bit too much and kind of seemed a little bit rushed towards the ending, in my opinion. Um, But besides that, I felt like it was a fine, interesting world. Um, This is easily the most beautiful-looking and well-animated Studio Ghibli movie I've ever seen. This movie is phenomenal. There's so many scenes involving fire that really stand out. And the movement of these characters feels very fluid and very real. There's a scene towards the beginning where the main character is racing to try and save his mother. And you just see him whipping through. And I really liked how they had the character colored naturally while they had... All the background characters kind of grayed out and not standing out as much. I felt like that was very well done. I saw this movie in dub because with the lineup of cast members who were attached to this movie, how could you not? I mean, we have Christian Bale, we have Dave Bautista, Jimmy Chan, Willem Dafoe, Karen Fukuhara. We got Mark Hamill, Robert Pattinson, Florence Pugh, Tony Revolori, Dan Stevens. I mean... This movie is absolutely stacked. You can tell that so many people wanted to be a part of this project. And I think overall it's something they can be proud of. Um, This movie, while I don't necessarily rank it up there among the best, like the Princess Mononoke's and the Howl's Moving Castle and the Spirited Aways, I still think it's a very entertaining, well-done movie. Um... The voice acting, in particular, Robert Pattinson as the Grey Heron, I felt was phenomenal. Most actors nowadays, I'm looking at you, Chris Pratt, um, don't really put on a voice. They just assume that they can just talk their natural way and it'll sell the movie. And I mean, Robert Pattinson really doesn't have the ego like that where he... Just puts on a voice. I wouldn't know it was Robert Pattinson if the credits didn't show it. Because this character is so far distanced from Robert Pattinson. 
It's a grosser, raspier sounding voice. The character is ugly. Um, it's something that I feel like a lot of A-list actors would distance themselves from a little bit. But he goes so into this character that I really found it commendable. And, I mean, honestly, I think... He's one of the best actors out there today, in all honesty. And this voice acting performance blew me away. Absolutely phenomenal. As was everybody in the cast. I mean, everybody's absolutely amazing. And uh, the actor, uh, I've never heard of this um, actor before. Luca Padovan, who played Mahito, the main character, the titular boy in this movie. I felt did a very good job. Um... Yeah, he, um, this role is definitely a bit more of an emotionally challenging one. This character is going through a lot of grief and a lot of loss and is in an unfamiliar situation as, um, basically is the trademark of Ghibli movies. And I felt like he did a very good job portraying all these complex emotions and all this trauma and sadness and anger that the character of Mahito was feeling. And, um, yeah, I mean, I will say this movie was a tad bit disappointing. I feel like when it comes to Ghibli, it's hard not to go in with insanely high expectations. Especially when you know Hayao Miyazaki's returning for this one. And, um, I mean, I'll be honest, I I am able to just watch a movie and take in the world and take in the characters and be entertained and have a good time. I do appreciate that. The story, however, I don't think was as strong as I would have liked. Um, I, like I said earlier, I feel like narratively it was all out of place. I feel like it takes too long to get to the special world that's established in The Boy and the Heron. And then because of this, they kind of rush through certain world-building things that I would have liked to have seen. Um, this movie's two hours and four minutes, which, I mean, I don't really feel the runtime. It's a bit long for an anime movie. I don't really care. I Honestly, I could have used more of this just to flesh out certain characters and flesh out the creatures within this world. And I also would have liked if maybe they... Shorten down the beginning of the movie before they get to all the talking creatures and um, lean more into the heron stuff. Maybe when you're in this other world, do quick back and forth so you get the perspective change between Mahito's father being in this world looking for his um, wife and his son and the helper so that way you get the different perspectives and it makes it feel more saddening for the father in a way because you get a quick glance at a certain point but that's really kind of all you see of him until the end um so i do kind of wish that we got to see a little bit more of that um as always though i mean you get hand-drawn animation, can't get enough of that. Um, all the creatures are incredibly well done, incredibly well realized. 
Um, there's always going to be cute creatures. There's always going to be gross, disgusting creatures. And some of these creatures are really funny and have really big personalities. Like the parakeets, I felt were a lot of fun. Um, this role you can tell Dave Bautista had a lot of fun with as the parakeet king. Um, not a very big role, and I instantly knew that it was Dave Bautista, but it still seemed like the fun like a fun role, and I wish that character was around a bit more. And also, Willem Dafoe's in this movie is the Noble Pelican. Not as big of a role as I would have liked. A lot smaller than I thought it was going to be, but, I mean, you'll never hear me complain uh, when we get Willem Dafoe in a scene. Um, yeah, I mean, this cast, though, I can't get enough of this cast. Um, it just seems like the all-stars for... Uh, Pseudo Ghibli that we're getting with this one. And I mean, even though I left a little bit disappointed, I still had a really fucking good time. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know how this would rank among the rest of the Ghibli movies I've seen. I feel like this would be a really fun ranking video maybe in the future probably the far future but um i'll have to sit on this one a little bit um i also think i'm gonna need to see it one more time i this definitely is not a boring movie this is a movie i feel like i could enjoy another time but also i feel like if you're not fully engaged it might be hard to maintain your attention i feel like we saw this in imax with a packed theater and i mean that's kind of the way to go for something like this, this is the first Disney movie in imax so you got to take advantage of it but um yeah i feel like if i watched it at home it would be a very different experience one that would be a little bit harder to pay attention because like i said earlier this movie is not as narratively heavy as I would have liked, in all honesty. Um, also, this movie, what I feel was very interesting, is when it came out in Japan, they didn't release the plot or any trailers until the movie officially released. So because of this, in preparation for the movie, I avoided the trailers like the plague. I went in knowing nothing, and that was a fun experience. It really was but also I feel like this movie isn't really that type of movie where you heavily benefit from not knowing anything. Because this movie is kind of more of the experience versus the story. So I had a very good time. But I did leave a little disappointed, sadly. Um, I wish that... It had a little bit more of a cohesive story to it, but um, the animation, the world building, and the voice acting are all top-notch and things I do not regret seeing at all in theaters. So this one is a very hard one to rank because I feel like I could easily give it a 7, an 8, or maybe even a light 9. So because of my indecisiveness, I think I'm just going to give it an 8. That seems right for this movie. Um, it 
is not bad. It's not great. But it leans more towards great than bad. So it's getting an 8. Um, go see this movie, though. It's a lot of fun. Um, I mean, Hayao Miyazaki is back. Um, definitely the type of movie you want to see in theaters. And do it in IMAX or a big loud screen. Or a big screen with loudspeakers if you can. Because this is definitely the type to see it in. Because, I mean, there was a scene where somebody was running, like, on a platform. And I had to look behind me because I thought somebody was running down the aisle in the theater. So, I mean, that's definitely the type of environment to see this movie in. And, um... It still is a lot of fun. Robert Pattinson gives a hell of a performance. Um, go see it. Uh, this has been Kyle Talks. I'll see you in the next one. Bye.